relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people and places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. I love that giggle. That giggle gets me every time. It makes me, so we're currently sitting in Denver right now, and like I, we have to keep that red beer giggle in, even in the Colorado season. We'll we'll build upon it. And yeah, something I thought that else. was like a. I thought we'd already. That's where the lighter was from the first season, and then Redbeard's laugh is from season two. It's just so good. I, I don't think it was ever part of the plan to take that out. Okay, good. I was I just stating you, it. Okay. You just worried you doze in and out of meetings and stuff happen? <laughs> is that what you're worried about? That occasionally happens sometimes. I understand. It I understand. That is, that's, you know, I'm not against. There's shiny things that happen. Yeah. I get pulled get a lot of thoughts. You're like, I wonder what that plant's doing right now. <laughs> uh, we are in Denver having fun. That's not what we're going to talk about. We are talking about this dope. This is a this is your 420 bonus episode. Oh yeah, you guys! So happy 420! Happy smoke it up! Happy 420, you guys! It is a it is a cool holiday. This was we. This is Matt Kurth from Humboldt Cannabis Tours, and what we did is we set the microphone up uh, so he could kind of give us. He offered to drive us around when we were up there the last time. And we had him give like give us a partial tour, and we asked him questions. And this is basically it. This is the episode. This is a bonus episode because it's not quite long enough to be a real episode. And then we've got another one that we're going to release. That's not we. Mike and I weren't mic'd on it. We just wanted him. Let's just. I'll just tell what happened on that one because he would go into the tour without thinking about it and then we didn't mic him and then he just started giving us the tour uh, in between and i was like okay so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take our mics away and we're gonna put his mic in there and just have him give the tour and it is great like that but there's some but we're gonna it's not that long either but it was the best audio and the best tour part and there's some amazing stories on that on the patreon one where he tells a, a very specific very hilarious and i don't know if it's true or not humboldt tale that i wouldn't <laughs> it's worth the five dollars just to hear that story it'll be released this week uh but happy 420 this is matt kirst giving mike and i a tour but mike and i are mic'd and we ask questions and but it's a it was it was fun this will give you a little bit of insight I know that some of our listeners are already booking tours with him. This will give you some insight on what it's like to roll around with him and just enjoy it. Smoke up. Fucking act like you're traveling around, humble. It's 420. Smoke up right now. Listen to this and take a little tour. Take a little tour with Mike and I. Smoke some weed, guys.
getting on 101 headed north from Garberville and we're gonna go up along the Avenue of the Giants um, and we're gonna drive through the Redwoods we're gonna drive past a bunch of weed farms that I'll point out and kind of weed stuff We'll probably also talk about some redwoods. We'll talk about um, a flood. There was a giant flood here we had that's fun to point out. And uh, we'll talk about weed and we'll answer some questions and talk about Humboldt County. And I like to talk about the history of Humboldt and kind of how we became what we are. So maybe we'll talk about that. And Yes. Yeah, yeah I'm just super stoked. So stoked to have you guys here. We are super stoked. I mean, it's so fun to be here. Um, and this tour, it's the it's one of the first of its kind, correct? Yeah, so we're the first cannabis tour company in California. Um, there were a few places that were doing it in um, Colorado before us because they went legal a little bit before. Yeah. But I started this project in um, 2015, which was like before it went recreation in California. And my original model was to kind of start with medical and just do medical tourism, kind of, and then we went legal and it got even better. So now I do uh, cannabis tours like out to farms. And basically kind of my mission is to connect people with the, uh, like connect visitors with the plants and the people who grow it. So I'm all about like sharing Humboldt's community with everybody. That's my favorite part. And my mission kind of is I can share a little bit of Humboldt County with the world then and make the world a little bit more like Humboldt than my mission will be uh successful <laughs> so like when you first get started doing something like this how receptive are the farms to you showcasing knowing where they're at pointing them out to people who just show up into town and are like hey point us out all the farms because that's cool i love that and i love how open farms are to it like that to me is just like oh the community's opening up they're pulling back the curtain uh yeah i mean that's definitely a thing it's it's been a big shift for people because it went from like one year like hiding from helicopters to the next year like maybe visiting having strangers visit your farm it's, it's a pretty wild switch for a lot of people and a lot of people um are are frankly they're, they're not really ready for that which is understandable um the good thing for me and for all of us in the world that want to visit humboldt county is that we have the most uh, legal farms out of any county in California. So the last time I checked, we had about 1,100 legal cultivation permits, which um, like wipes out every other county in California, even the big counties. Um, I think that might change in the future, but right now we're leading the way in number of farms, um, also cultivation area, like the acres in cultivation we lead the way and we also lead the way with pounds produced. So by every measure, Humboldt County is leading the way in the legal industry. So with 1100 different farms, um, uh, I only need like three or four or five or 10 farms to be able to do tours to make it work. Um, and I'm able to find farms enough, like because there's so many to choose from. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah, because it is rough. Also, um, not every farm is suited to do tourism like you know like you guys are finding out here a lot of farms are like really out deep in the woods um and or on really bad roads and things like that which makes it just um difficult or impossible to do tourism there so it's kind of a bad it's i gotta find somebody who wants to do tours and who has a legal farm and whose legal farm is in a good like 
physical location to do tours. Yeah. And then we have to get a permit from the county for that farm to do tours. Um, so it is difficult to find farms, but it, I have 1,100 to work with. So that's a good, really good thing. Have you found that the county's receptive to it? Like, are they excited for the ideas of tourism around cannabis? Or are they kind of like, eh? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So that's changed over time. Um, right now, they are super stoked about it. They're all about it. Well, seemingly. They're, they're pretty much about it. <laughs> um, in, the, in the very beginning, uh, the county itself was just like a little bit hesitant because they had never heard of it before, which is what the county does. Um, and then there's also, but there, there were people that were like kind of opposed to it. And that's like the visitors bureaus. So in tourism, there's these things called destination marketing organizations, like uh, visit California is the one for California. And they just, they market a destination. So we have a destination marketing organization, organization here called the um, Humboldt Eureka visitors bureau. And now currently they are all about cannabis tourism, which is great. But in the very beginning, um, <laughs> I bet they are. Yeah, no, they love it. Yeah, but in the very beginning in 2016, um, they have a new executive director now, Julie Benbow, who's amazing and very pro cannabis tourism. But the old executive director, uh, he said that there was no way that he would ever promote cannabis tourism as long as he was executive director, period. That's what he said. <laughs> and he said there's no place for cannabis tourism in Humboldt County. It's cr Did so he crazy. Did he know that there's cannabis growing here in Humboldt County? Uh, before? Yeah, everybody knows. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely he knew. Well, and this is like me telling him like, hey, this is going to be a thing. You know what I mean? Um, what was his reasoning? Um, so a lot of, there are some people that like are, and at the beginning their reasoning was that if we promote cannabis tourism, because he wasn't really opposed to it existing. He was opposed to using the organization to promote it, kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that was his job. So um, his point of view was that if we... So what they do, their point of view for a long time was like, we're only going to market the Redwoods. We're going to put all our focus on the Redwoods because that is... Because the Redwoods are legitimately amazing. They're world class. Oh, it's, they're one of the most incredible things I've ever seen on this planet. It's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And to be honest, the Redwoods are cooler than the cannabis, way, I think. Way cooler. Way cooler. Oh, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. But... Like, so their whole thing is like, we want to put all the resources into marketing Redwoods. And if we market anything else, we might scare away the people that are visiting the Redwoods. So his fear was that if we market the Redwoods, no, if we market cannabis tourism, then we're going to scare away all the families that come for the Redwoods, which is, it, it's just, it's, it's silly, I could frankly. I see that making sense 20 years ago. I mean, look at Las Vegas. Las Vegas, that you have like... No, you're exactly right. You have debauchery. But generationally, cannabis isn't viewed negatively anymore. So exactly, yeah. yeah. I could see that a certain generation, it's scaring off. So I can't... But it is that, thank God, he retired. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what, what do you think, the you know, after doing these tours, what's the majority of the people who are coming here? Are they people from across America? Are they other Californians? And, like, are they are they looking to just try and, like, be like, ah, we saw weed? Or is it something so foreign to them or something that they kind of know about? Like, what's the demographic of, like, the people that come here? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's like the classic, my classic tour guest is um, a couple that comes from the Bay Area in their mid to late 30s. Um, one part of the couple is like a connoisseur, like maybe a, probably a daily smoker. Yeah. The other part of the couple is not a smoker or a light smoker, like maybe a weekend smoker or a, a party smoker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and But the really interesting part is um, it's usually the non or the less smoking person who books the tour. And a lot of times, so it's like these really cool partners that are booking tours for their pothead partner. You know what I mean? Yes. It's That's super sweet. cool. And... Um, yeah, so that's like my classic people. And that's because the Bay Area is really close. Um, people in their mid-30s are really likely to smoke weed. They don't have kids yet, a lot of my guests, because the tour is not really centered around kids. So if you're visiting with a family, it's kind of hard to do a tour, and that's just because of the, the regulations. Yeah. You have to be 21 for everything. So, um, yeah, and I get a lot of people from the Bay Area. I also get a lot of people from other states. Um, and particularly states that are um, where it's like very illegal. Yeah. Like I get a ton of people from Atlanta. I bet like <laughs> a third of the people on my tour from out of state are from Atlanta. So if really? I was going to advertise, and also um, North Carolina, um, like around. So um, usually head educated uh, people from the South like to come out here. Yep. 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 I could see that. <laughs> yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I can relate to that on some level. Well, and Lane has got like a really cool old weed culture too. They've got their own like awesome cannabis community too that's yes, completely different and cool, you know? It's uh it's a lot of hydroponics yep. in a in the south because well, not a lot I mean, that's where you get this that's where I would get the strongest stuff that was hydroponic that was from the south. And then there's also some hillbillies that could grow it pretty good in the mountains, but getting a hold of them is very dangerous. It's more the, dangerous than humble, if I'm being honest. All the folks down south want the purple. That's what they come asking for. All the purple. They want the perks. Yes, they do love it. it well, that's it's because pretty of, it's pretty and rapping. Rapping has, <laughs> hip hop has a lot to do with that. It's hard, getting hard to find, kind of. To be honest, like there's not in a lot the of south, stuff for it them. It's very hard to find. In the on the west coast, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything nowadays. What do you think people are the most kind of impressed or surprised about when they're on the tour? Um, they're most. <clears throat> they're just surprised by like the culture and how down to earth and how regular the farmers are, which a lot. I mean, a lot of people find that. People kind of don't know what to expect, but they're expecting a lot of money or a lot of um a lot of times they're expecting young men and they're like not young men they're women or older men you know what i mean yeah and um, people are expecting a lot of guns and like money stuff and what they see is like kind of regular people living like a moderate lifestyle and like really enjoying it is what they see and that's that's, that's really cool you know what i mean people don't yeah people yeah they, they have like a cartel thing in their mind because that's what gets out there in the media well, I think that's that's why we're doing the podcast is because the media mostly because it, it is it is largely profit based the media. So they're going for sexy every time and guns and all that all that stuff is sexy, but it's not who's producing the quality cannabis and who's always going to be in the in the industry and that's something that I realized 
the more I dip my toes into it. And then the more we get into Humboldt, the more it is like, oh, we need to show the world that these are just farmers and that these the regulations need to be skewed or changed in a way that protects these farmers and not the people with guns and large bank accounts which yeah, is a, a whole nother conversation about our whole country as a whole but if we use the microcosm of the cannabis industry to show that it you know what can we it can only help absolutely i mean when shit i'm 34 now almost 35 when i was you know 22 and i was coming out to oregon and i told my dad about it you know he was a wandering hippie back in the 70s and i was like going out to oregon i'm gonna grow some cannabis he was like i oh, just worry about you getting him mixed up in the cartels and stuff and i was like dad that's so far from what's actually going on in oregon i mean there are cartels in oregon but they're definitely not doing anything with cannabis and it's a lot more kind of mom and pop small farmers doing it and i mean that's the thing that i love i love that you're able to showcase that to people that you know it's really just small farms if people want to tour the blueberry farms in new jersey they'd be seeing a lot of the same stuff too yeah it's yeah. the same kind of people it just smells better <laughs> <laughs> now blueberries taste better yeah but they don't smell as good. When you're right, the farmers are in danger of going away. And from the very beginning, I, you know, that's been a fear of everybody from the very beginning. Um, and really kind of one of my hopes is that tourism can be one of the things that helps uh, help keep those people around. Um, it's, I have to check myself. Like I think of everything in terms of tourism because it's what I've done my whole life. I studied tourism in college. I was a river guide for like 10 years. I've done tourism forever um, and cannabis. So it's like, that's how I relate to the world. But um, like my, vis my vision for Humboldt County is that we have a bunch of small producers that are really making most of their money with tourism and not cannabis. Because really like a small farm, like a 5,000 square foot outdoor farm or even a 2,000 square foot farm, it's probably too small to sustain somebody in the long term if that's all they're doing is growing weed and selling pounds. But tourism can be a, like an amazing adjunct to those small farms and they can make a lot more money. And the numbers like really kind of play that out from wine. And like, I love yeah. these wine numbers that I looked at. So if you look at um, like, like I think my vision for Humboldt County and a lot of people is that we can be like the France of cannabis. So we can be to well, well, cannabis, what France is to wine. So everybody knows France for wine. If you look at how France actually makes money, so France, um, they have a diverse economy, but of the wine economy, they make one-tenth of the money they make off of wine. They make from wine production and sales, and nine-tenths of the money they make, they make from wine tourism, which is nuts. And another example is um, Napa County, which is almost better because they have a less diverse economy. It's pretty much strictly wine. So Napa County, makes one third of the, uh, the economy of the whole county is wine sales and production. And two thirds of the Napa County economy is wine tourism. Whoa. So like we make, like take, pick a number for how many billions of dollars of weed we make in Humboldt County. 
like if we can do just as well as Napa, we can increase that three times more. And if we can end up doing as good as France, we can like multiply that by 10. So like my vision is that we can use tourism to like leverage tourism to, to keep those small farmers around. Um, and that's my like big time vision. Well, and it would help the ecosystem if these small farmers are here instead of these really big farmers coming in. That I mean, I think you're you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and also like to be honest, like we don't have the space, we don't have like the arable land in Humboldt County to have big farms. Like there's just not enough flat space compared to the Central Valley or compared to Kentucky or wherever once it goes, like Oregon has like so much flat farmland, California, Washington. Um, so like we we're, we can't compete on like how much we can grow. You know what I mean? So yeah. we have to find another way to remain relevant. And I think that way is growing a, a very small amount of very high quality cannabis and like keeping our story alive and leveraging that for tourism. Well, and ultimately I think that makes for a more captive and uh, audience for tourism when you're looking at it because I don't know if most people have been to farms or even drove through fucking Nebraska or Kansas when you're driving eight hours through a cornfield it's not that compelling or interesting but like if you have small family farms that are on the side of beautiful mountains and just even driving through the redwoods to get that I think to me that's a cannabis farm I'd much rather go and check out than some big agriculture you know flat land you know just we also don't need all that corn yeah we so we're overproducing corn if we're being honest so <laughs> so let's just talk about that too in that maybe some of those corn farmers if they started growing some hemp or some other stuff some other you know agriculture that would be beneficial for earth and humans instead of capital that might help too so i'm getting real preachy today but i think we keep touching on some stuff that is like that it is very clear that we need to make these changes it is everything about the planet is screaming at us right now and it's giving us the answers so yeah there's certain things that are like politically difficult to do but um, hemp and cannabis is not one of them. <laughs> it's like politically very simple to, to, to solve, kind of, if there's a will. But the, all the politicians across the entire spectrum at all levels are just really not, don't want to do it. You know what I mean? But it's not the, the people of the United States agree that we should be moving forward with legal hemp and legal, legal cannabis. But the people are not standing in the way. It's, it's all the politicians at all levels. I think. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really hopeful about Humboldt County. Though. A lot of people are really nervous about... So one of the things that happens in California, so um, right now, the way they had the, 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 way they had the, the, the regulations, there's a cap on the size of the permit you can grow. And the idea with that was to encourage more small farmers. Um, it, it hasn't quite worked out because Right before they passed the law, they allowed people to stack up permits. Yeah. So it's it's not good. But Money it, always finds a way, trust me. Always. But We, um, we tried to put some stuff into law 
there to keep out-of-state money out and everything, and then right before it was voted on, they're like, let's just tweak this one little thing, and yeah, so it's crazy. In California, they literally did it um, in the middle of the night um, at one in the morning, the day before the vote. Yeah. Like, some, like midnight stuff, it's so crazy. Yeah, but, so that, but, but there still is a cap. Like it still exists, you can stack permits, but there's still a cap on the permit size, which is something. But I think it's in 2022 that cap goes away. And that will mean you can have permits of any size. And that's gonna make it even more difficult for the small farmer. So you my said in 2023 is, that goes away? I think it's, I, I, I think it's 2022, but I'm not, I'm not certain. Okay. Um, but it's very soon. Yeah. Uh, Do you think there's a theory that uh, we talked to Chad from Humboldt oh, Marijuana yeah. Company, and he's a very, very smart man. And he, his theory was 2023 is when it's going to go legal federally. And that's why that's all. He said it, he's like the way they've uh, legislated it, it, that's what makes sense why they would do it like that. So when you said that, not that year, it all kind of, it's one of those bells that go off where you're like, oh no, this big money and all this stuff. So yeah that's why it's important to share this podcast to people (laughs) that's bad but i mean there's a lot of things that like i'm really hopeful about too like one thing that i've really learned like from watching all these people go legal and seeing all this stuff is it's really hard to produce quality at scale like the canadians have absolutely failed at it yeah they have absolutely failed um and they've got a lot of money and they've got a lot of smart people and they're not messing around and they they did they failed at it so i i have hope that like when like it's really hard to grow weed at scale. I think, in my experience, it gets exponentially harder the more you scale it up. Like, yeah. two plants is exponentially harder than one plant. And yep. four plants is, whatever, eight times harder than two plants. Well, well they each do what they want to do. They're like kids. Yeah. That's what I've learned. And so, yeah, when you see these huge farms, the more I learn about it, the more anxiety I get, the bigger the room I get. Because it's just like, this seems... Uh, too much when well, I saw a lot of people like that didn't do well in the beginning they had like a nice little garage scene with 10 lights that did really well really consistent and then they tried to scale and it just they failed 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 over and over again because it's super hard to scale that stuff exponential growth and uh, problems and issues to deal with yeah so you you're talking about you know the farmers being hesitant early on and you know some people just being downright against tourism what do you think it is about the farmers who are a part of your tour that make them want to share with you and with the outside world like what's what's that difference between them and the other people are like nah i'm good i don't want people seeing into this shit uh um part of it is Part of it is personality. There's some people that are just like real introverted and just really have a hard time talking to people. And those people are kind of drawn to growing weed in the mountains. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <hell laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, some people are just like don't aren't comfortable talking to people because and that's and that's fine. That's cool. That's you know, um, some people are still some people still worry about the feds, which is not a crazy thing. It's still illegal federally, and everyone's on this train like it's legal, it's legal, it's legal, but. Like really, the, the feds could come back at any moment if they wanted to. They just have decided not to. Um, and a lot, you know, there's a lot of trauma here from back in the day, 
and a lot of people are really still hesitant to put themselves out there because they're worried about the feds. Now, obviously, I don't worry about the feds anymore. I, I've gotten past it, but a lot of people have not. They're still like thinking like, well, who knows? Maybe camp will be back tomorrow. I'm not going to get my name out there. You know what I mean? Um, no, that makes, and both sides are right. People moving forward because it's legal and then people being like, it's not completely legal and I've been tricked before. I've been tricked before, exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's, um, I don't, I, I mean, especially people live in the mountains. There's a, usually a reason they went up in the mountains is because they're like, this isn't working for me the way we're doing this. So I'm going to go do it my way. And then they're like, hey, we're doing it your way. And you're like, nah, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not quite ready for that. I think you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another thing is um, farmers are very busy and they have a lot of things going on too many things usually and they just don't have the time to dedicate to make doing tourism because yeah. it does take time and it takes resources um, and a lot of times they're just really stretched on both those things and they just can't take it on um, the farmers that I've seen that are really down for tourism from the very beginning are just people I think in general that have a long-term future vision kind of you know what I mean like Johnny Casali is, is is one of those people like you can tell he's playing the game five moves ahead of everybody else you know what i mean and i think part of that is seeing tourism because tourism is not a hard thing to envision if you start imagining it it makes sense you know what i mean yeah but you have to be able to imagine it and i think some people are just it's a flip it's a total flip from how people live their whole lives and I think people just have a hard time emotionally making that flip so that they can have the vision to imagine it being. Does that make sense? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. absolutely. And it's something Mike and I talk about, not on the podcast, but just in our friendship, is the change. People have such a hard time with, with change in general. And then drastic change quickly, really. If you're not used to a certain lifestyle, like he and I have always dealt with change in our adult life just because of our jobs so it doesn't fuck with us but it is something we like because humans are so uh can get into a routine so quick and this is how we do things and this is how we have to do things that change just it fucks them up if they're not they're not skilled at self-reflection i think is to well, get deep and weird about it but that's I, usually what it is i remember the first time that i took a picture of cannabis and saved it on my phone where like i was just like i had been going through the legalization process and everything but and like government talking and having them come out to my spot but then taking a picture of a live plant which in my mind was Here's evidence you're yeah, saving was, on your I phone. Mean, when you said it, it make it gave me anxiety a little of bit. Breaking <laughs> a crime, it's just like holy shit. And then now we're constantly posting on, uh, you know, Instagram and everything, trying to make sure that the public can see what we're doing. And that took a lot to just be like, is this this is okay? This is all right? You sure? I mean, I have folders on my phone of every different strain we grow, and it's still like feel like this is going to bite me in the ass one day <laughs> <laughs> no i get it too i mean i get weird about even like i still think about it like people taking my picture in the garden i mean i let people i'm over it but like it crosses my mind like oh my god no no picture oh wait no it's fine 
And even some of the farmers still, they own a farm, they're, the government has their name, their address, and they still don't want their picture on their farm. It's like ingrained <laughs> in them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's wild, you know? And that's, Can that's you really tell us where over. we're headed right now? Because we are, oh, we yeah, are so, off the 101 right now. Yeah, so we, we exited the 101 and uh, we're got on the Avenue of the Giants, which is amazing. So the Avenue of the Giants is the old highway that parallels 101 and it goes uh, through the old growth redwood, which is really, really special. Um, and anyone who comes up to Humboldt should definitely do Avenue of the Giants. It's a must do. Um, so now we're getting off the avenue and we're driving through a little community next to the Eel River. So there's all these little communities next to the Eel River that are old alluvial floodplains where they've always done traditional farming ever since the first settlers came, which is about 1850. Um, before that, it was redwoods all the way down to the river. And then the settlers came, they cut the redwoods down and they cleared these big alluvial plains. And they've always done agriculture down here. And now they're starting to do cannabis agriculture down on these big plains. And it's really, really, really amazing soil. Um, also, all this periodically, everything you see here gets, goes underwater in big floods. So in 1964, we had a massive flood in Humboldt County, and all this here was about 10 feet underwater. Whoa! Oh, yes, yeah, so if you look at all the houses, they're all built on stilts. So Sunshine. Oh yeah. So Sunshine used to farm this piece over here. It was 10,000 square feet. That's one of her old farms that she used to have. She, cool. she has other people's land, but that's one of her farms. Awesome. And there's like, I think there's like 15 permits down here. Um, I'll point them out. I don't quite want to say the name of our little community here. There's a bunch of them. Um, just because I don't live here and I don't want to, I don't want the neighbors to get too much. <laughs> no, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's just so beautiful. It just. <clears throat> and I think like these little river, these little alluvial uh, plain communities, these are prime for tourism because we're on pavement. We're close to the avenue and there's like 10 farms all right here. So a lot, there's like three or four of these little towns and a lot of them I'm trying to work with. Like this whole thing could be a, an amazing little cannabis center where you could come and spend the day and go to the river and visit farms and pick apples and have a picnic in the orchard and um, do a little cot, like float down the river. And there's like, you could it, spend a day here loving it, you know? And it, it just seems right for like bicycle. Like yep. you, if you bicycle from farm to farm, like that's the first thing I thought when we pulled on this road. I was like, man, I would love to ride my bike down here. So there's a farm over here with big greenhouses on the right. It's beautiful, you guys. Everything is lush and it's flat. And it's we're in a little valley is what we're in. And it, it is truly beautiful. And it reminds me, I mean, the trees and stuff are a little, you know, more grandiose than where I'm from. But the <laughs> farms and the way everything, it's just, I feel like we're going to like some great uncle I have's house right now. Same pavement. Look at this. Look at this old farmhouse on stilts. Yeah. That's, That's so, so dope and weird. Yeah, it's cool. So uh, that flood water is why they have such amazing soil here. Because every time there's a flood over the past like millennia, it deposits like all these really fine nutrients and minerals into the soil. And then over years and years and years, it builds up. And that's part of why the soil here is so amazing. So this guy in front of us, see all those like tarps covering those big piles? Uh -huh. yeah. This guy makes the best compost in all of Humboldt County. I wanna go there. So he doesn't grow weed, he only makes compost. He used to grow there. weed and then got out of it just to make compost. And he sells the compost for $50 for a five gallon bucket and he can't make it fast enough. That's it's like wild prices. biodynamic compost. And like he doesn't advertise, doesn't really have a business like per se, but everybody knows him and he makes, can't sell, 
can't sell fast enough. Over here on the right, this is a high water farm. So this is a this is a farm. They do dry farming over here as well. They have twenty thousand square feet. Cool. It's so pretty, you guys. So right here on the corner, okay, so see like the sheep, there's some sheep in a field off to the right, and the ones that are like furthest up and into the right. Mm -hmm. So that's how high the water got in 1964. So all the families in this little community had to evacuate up to that house, and there was like 30 people that lived in that house for a month. And all the kids were sleeping in the chicken coop. Um, and then so they were living in the house for a month, and then finally they decided to walk out, and they walked out up over that hill to the highway. And they were landing, the government, the National Guard was landing airplanes on the highway bridge. And then they put them in the airplane and flew them up to McKinleyville and dropped them off. That's how they got rescued. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so, but luckily, like, you know, people back in the day and still today, we, keep, we stock up food and we keep food around. So that family had enough food to feed 30 people for a month in their house because they were, like, there. You know that what I mean? That doesn't even, I mean, that's my grandparents. I was just thinking of my grandparents' basement was just full of... Uh, just jars of food and stuff. Just every year, canning beans. God, I broke green beans. That's that's community living, though. When, yes, and when if the anybody shit needs hits anything, the fan, we got you. And hey, you got this, then bring this. I mean, that's how every year. And I probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but it's this whole community just reminds me of where I grew up because I was just like, oh, so and so's got th this equipment, so we get. And then we let him use our equipment for this. And that's just how it works because it's all crazy expensive, but we need it. Yeah, this is great. This is the first episode of Riding in the Car. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just hit him up. He's uh, and listen to his ep. If you haven't heard his episode, it's a good episode because he's got a very interesting story. And and if you go take his tour, make sure he takes you to go see Huckleberry Hill Farms and my or and the first licensed cannabis farm for tourism in California. Our good buddy John Casali. You guys, happy 420. Spread this like wildfire. Tell everybody about this. Send them your favorite episode. That's the best way. You don't have to send them the pilot. Share this. Send it. Send it. We're about to start marketing this mofo so other so as many people as possible start hearing this thing. And it's not just your little secret. Okay, you guys? We gotta we gotta We're trying to legalize this mofo across the world in the right way. We're trying to educate everybody. So we need your help. And you guys are such a part of it. And thanks for hitting us up on Instagram. And I think some people, when they hit me up on it, hit us up on Instagram, think I'm arguing with you where my tone is like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I'm not upset, man. I like having conversations and like, just don't, don't, I ain't mad at you unless you say some hateful shit. Then I'll get mad at you. You'll know when I'm mad, motherfucker. So just, just holler at us. We like it. And if you want to advertise, hit us up. It's, uh, it's happening where the, the, some stuff is happening. So 
be a good time to hit us up for advertising. GrownLocalPod at gmail.com. Grow your own. You guys, we love you so much. Be a happy holiday.